0: Who will win Super Bowl 52? And who's getting into the Hall of Fame? Is this finally John Lynch's year? All that on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones in St. Pete, Rick Stroud in Minneapolis. We're both from the Tampa Bay Times. And, of course, our producer, Steve Verstick. First things first. Sad music now. This is the last Rick and Tom podcast. Don't worry, it's not going away completely. Rick will return next week with a new podcast starting on Monday, Sports Day Tampa Bay. Rick will host it with a variety of guests, his take on sports. I'll occasionally still join him on that podcast. The reason is Rick fired me from this podcast. He didn't like my takes.
1: (laughs) So that is not true. (laughs) uh, I am not firing you. You it's are nothing, not fired.
0: It's nothing bad. No fights between Rick and I. Times didn't fire me, although I'm sure many readers and listeners uh, will hope that that's true. Uh, it's just a scheduling conflict for me. Like I said, I'll still be joining Rick from time to time talking about Tampa Bay sports. But most you are going to hear from Rick. That starts the day after the Super Bowl coming up on Monday. Uh, and he has a big surprise coming up for you next week that he'll tell you about next week. And now, Rick, you can praise your boy Roger Goodell all you want on your new podcast.
1: Well, first of all, I'm very disappointed.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm Along sorry.
1: with um, this has been a nice run. I'm sure we'll do a ton of stuff anyway down the road. Absolutely. And like you said, you're going to be on here anyway. This, this, um, this podcast, you know, is going to be one. That'll be, it'll be different, obviously, without the two of us bantering back and forth. But Steve Versnick, our producer, will still be a big part of this, maybe a bigger part, actually, uh, as far as um, you know, talking to me. Um, but I think that, you know, in time, um, we'll probably have more interviews. We'll be able to go, you know, deeper into some personalities. Um, certainly we'll talk a lot about, uh, the work, um, you know, at the Tampa Bay times, but more than that, uh, about, about Tampa Bay sports. I mean, this is, this is where you'll want to go, uh, to form a habit to, to really, um, you know, be informed about what is happening in, in, in all the major sports teams that you love in tampa bay and in florida and beyond and so we'll have lots of discussion we'll have some interaction and um you know and it'll it'll sort of find its own way as we go along but i it'll it'll definitely be a a different sort of podcast and um, I'm excited about it. I'm, no, excited, I'm excited about. I'm excited to listen uh, to it.
0: <laughs> to to see honest. how it turns
1: out, you know. No, I think I think yeah. you'll do
0: great on it, and I, and again, I, I'm I expect to be on plenty, uh, particularly when playoffs come around here. So we'll be on. The, I'll be doing a lot of traveling. Ho- uh, hopefully, yeah. You, you would
1: have been. A, you'll be away anyway, as it, as yeah, it turns yeah, out. I so, would imagine.
0: Um, but anyway, so but it's been a lot of fun doing this, and I, I hope to continue uh, coming on regularly. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into the Super Bowl, Rick, and we'll get into our predictions in just a moment. But let's start with something that uh, local fans here care about, and that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Rick, you've been around this thing for a really long time now, um, and you sort of have a pretty good handle on the vibe in there uh, as far as uh, who gets into the Hall of Fame and who might have a chance. This is John Lynch again, Rick. He's a finalist. There are 15 people are going to be talked about. Only five can get in. Uh, we got uh, one other safety, Brian Dawkins. We'll get into some of the other guys who might have a pretty pretty good chance. There's some locks, I think, this year about getting in. Um, but does Lynch have a crack? Is this his best crack? And is this his is this his best last crack at it?
1: Well, it, it certainly is one that I, um, for John's sake, I hope he makes it this year because I think it's going to become harder after this year. Now, you know, generally speaking, uh, this is I think the third time in a row I think he's been in the 15 and and probably the fifth straight time he's been a finalist Um, or maybe he's been actually he's been in the top 10 three times he's been a finalist five times Um, but you know the safety position we've you know we've discussed it's one that's hard to sort of quantify there's not a lot of true safeties in the hall of fame we think about Ronnie Lott uh, and some others but but it's just one of those positions and you know uh, there's some locks this year I mean I think when you look at Ray Lewis he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, in my mind, Randy Moss will be a first ballot guy as well. Terrell Owens has been waiting. I don't know if both guys make the cut this year for whatever reason. People think that uh, you know Terrell um, needs to wait, and and there's been a lot of debate about him. Hit, look, the that, numbers are there. Um, the
0: numbers are there, Rick, for Terrell Owens, but clearly there's there's yeah. a feeling in that room that he's not a good. He wasn't a good teammate. I don't know how true that is. Right. And if you really can't find enough people in that room to say, "Hey, he was a, he made your team better than made it worse," you know, I think that's mm-hmm. a big reason why Terrell Owens has been kept out. I think he's a Hall of Famer just from his numbers alone. They're they're so prolific. Yeah. I don't know how you keep him out, but I, I could see him waiting another year. So but I, I'm with you. I mean if you if you think Ray Lewis is a lock and either Moss or Owens, one or the other. I think it gets in by I, yeah. I probably think it's Moss. And now you're talking about him getting in one of three guys. And we could talk about some of the other guys who are up for this, but you know, yeah. then it starts to get really interesting. You know Well as as and
1: it's it's hard for John it's hard for John too because Brian Dawkins is is in this thing and, you know, numbers wise, I mean he has more interceptions. He didn't win a Super Bowl, went to a lot of pro bowls. I don't know if he went to nine like John did. John has been waiting a little longer, but um, you just never know how it's going to fall. I mean, you have you know Tony, uh, Tony Baselli is yes. somebody that people seem to to really be leaning to. I think it's the last year for Joe Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Edron James is in this. Ty Law. Um, you know, Everson Walls. It's his final year, and, and there's a lot of momentum for him. And that's sort of how it goes. You kind of pick up on where the momentum is, where the agreement is. I mean this is as this is as polarized as Washington DC to be honest with you. And people you cut look, deals and, and that's just the way it goes.
0: When you look at John Lynch, Rick, and I I'm I'm look, for a guy that doesn't have number is it is it numbers that have people sort of hesitating here? Is well like he doesn't the have the interceptions.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have a yeah. ton of interceptions.
0: Right. So I didn't know if it's that or if it's because they already have, you know. If I don't know if they consider this that there are already two guys on that defense that won one championship, and you can count yeah. Tony Dungy if you want to count Tony Dungy as a third guy from that team. I don't know that you do, but um, you know, is that the reason it's keeping them out? Is it well that safeties is a hard position to get in? You have to be really elite to get in. I'm trying to figure out what it is, or is it just the eye test, or people looking and so? Yeah, I just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. You know, I I'm wondering well, what it is I that's, mean, that's giving people pause.
1: I I think that. Uh, I mean, I think he's one of those understated guys that, you know, if you watched his career a lot, like we did, um, we understood that what Tony was trying to do, and those defenses were good for a very long time. It wasn't just the Super Bowl year. But for that defense to be successful, you, needed, you really needed three things. You, you needed a three technique, which was Warren Sapp, that was phenomenal, just phenomenal, and it started there. And then you needed a, a wheel linebacker, weak side linebacker, and Derek Brooks. But you also needed that safety. And, you know, John played the position um, in the box an awful lot. Uh, wasn't a guy that covered a ton of grass, as they say. You know, wasn't a deep, deep center fielder type guy. But he absolutely impacted the game in a lot of ways and was a, was a, was a head hunter at a time when you could hit, hunt heads. He <laughs> knocked out his brother-in-law, for God's sakes, in Chicago. It didn't seem to matter who he hit. Um, but in my mind, because those defenses were good for so long – it it was always those three levels that were led by those guys. It was, to me it was Sap, Brooks, and Lynch. I never went around hearing people talk about Sap. Well, yeah, you got Sap and Brooks. Those are first ballot Hall of Famers. I mean, those sure. guys that not only made the Hall of Fame, but they made the first ballot. And it was unanimous, uh, you know, not unanimous, but it was it was generally regarded as a special designation. Um, you know, John clearly didn't make the first ballot, but um, you know, he still he still was in that group in my mind. Now, you know, Rondy Barber is going to be a guy that's going to be talked about over the next few years, and Simeon Rice has a case as well. But to me, those three, minimum, uh, all deserve it, and, and it's just hard to explain his career as closely maybe as we did. Uh, you can talk to the receivers that played against him in that era. Um, you know, he, he was somebody they feared. He was an intimidator. He, he was somebody that could root out the run game and do so many things from that position. So I don't know. Uh, he's he's a general manager of the 49ers. He's getting a lot of, uh, of attention. Sometimes that helps you. Um, so I hope he gets in this year because coming down the road is Ed Reed. Coming down the road is Troy Polamalu. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be harder and harder. And Brian Dawkins is a real factor. I mean, Brian Dawkins could get elected to the Hall of Fame this year and not John Lynch.
0: You know, John Lynch is one of those guys, Rick, and I'll give give a comparison. He he reminds me a lot of Marty St. Louis in that he's a guy that – and I wasn't here for three years, from 2000 to 2003. I had moved away to Minnesota, so I didn't see John Lynch every day. And so when I look back at John Lynch's career, my first instinct is to say, yeah, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. And I can't tell you why. It's the eye test. It's just like – Yeah, I just don't think he's there yet. And I can understand where other people would say the same thing about Marty St. Louis. But having watched most Marty St. Louis games in person, I can tell you what an impact he had on the game. So I'll defer to you when it comes to John Lynch because I think you are able to see something that I'm unable to see because I didn't watch him play every game, and I didn't see the impact that he had, and I didn't see the big placement. Marty St. Louis is the same thing. You look at Marty St. Louis' numbers – he doesn't have Hall of Fame numbers. He hasn't scored enough goals. He doesn't have enough points. But if you think about big moments in Tampa Bay sports history, Marty St. Louis is all over it. And if you think about big games and overtime goals and, and games where they needed somebody to step up, he did it. So I would sit there and say, yeah, I think Marty St. Louis is probably a Hall of Famer because I see him every day. And I wonder if John Lynch is going to be hurt because a lot of people out there are like me, Rick, right? I didn't see him every play. And I didn't see the impact he had on every single game he played that that maybe I, I can't appreciate the fact that, yeah, he belongs in, in, among you know the greatest that ever played a game.
1: The hardest thing is safety is just so hard to evaluate. But I will say this about John, and people may may have forgotten this, but even after he left the Bucks and they actually failed him in a physical, he went to Denver and made four more Pro Bowls. And I know yeah. the Pro Bowl is in the greatest measurement, but back then it actually was harder to make and it meant something. And on top of that, they went to an AFC championship game. I mean, he was a very good player in Denver. He's in their ring of honor. So, had a long career, was successful both places, and and like I said, this is probably his best shot. Uh, It's not to say that if he doesn't get in, he'll never get in, but I really think he'd serve himself well if he could.
0: Rick, I I sort of get why you put a limit on the number of players to get in the Hall of Fame. Five is the limit that they put in as far as players go. Uh, I mean, Are you okay with that, or do you think there should be... A situation where you say, look, there's six guys who belong in the Hall of Fame. Or would it turn into something like, hey, we can put in six, or we're just going to keep putting in six, you know? Yeah, I think I like or five. Or seven or eight or whatever the number is, you know. I mean, as long
1: unlimited. as – yeah, as long as it's not – like I, I never understood how baseball could go a year with nobody. That was a weird thing to me. Right. Um, But I, I think five is a good number. They also now have a contributor. Um, and some years, two contributors. There's a senior candidate. So it's a fairly big class – I mean, hell, that ceremony lasts about three hours as it is. Um, but, you know, I, I just – there's always more guys worthy of the Hall of Fame than actually get in the Hall of Fame any single year, but that's okay. Um, there's 300-and-something people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not 3,000. And I think you want to keep it like that. I think, I don't think you want to rush through, you know, whoever is eligible. I think being a first ballot should mean something um and so i'm I'm okay with the number five and it it is it's a little easier now because it used to be that coaches had to compete with players and gms and owners had to compete with players so now that they have this category i'm i I think it i think it works all right
0: i think what they should do rick is everybody should be on a probation uh, probationary status until you get your speech and if your speech goes over 10 minutes you don't get in and then if your speech is under 10 minutes, then okay, you're in a Hall of Fame. But anything that goes over 10 minutes, you're out, and we'll take number six on the list, and we'll let him go. <laughs> that show's gotten ridiculous how long it is. But um, anyway, we'll see what John Lynch does Saturday night. We'll, uh, the news will come down on that. Now we move right. on to Super Bowl 52, Rick. The Eagles, I know I know what you're going to say, because I've known you for five years uh, or at least doing radio or podcasts with you for five six years now. You say they're in the game, so they have a chance. But really, do the Eagles have a chance to win this game?
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, absolutely do uh, this. And and I'm going to say this because I I've sort of I don't think they're getting enough.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Credit in some ways uh, for being for being the NFC champs and for being the number one seed, which they've been all year. Let me ask you this. If Carson Wentz was the, the guy on the back of the uniform playing quarterback this week, how would you feel about their chances?
0: Better. Probably a little better than I do. How much
1: better? Would you say they'd be even up?
0: uh, I would say that I would still, I think the Patriots would still be the favorite in my mind, but it would be pretty close, I would think. I I think I know where you're going with this. I give them a better chance. I don't give them as good a chance because of Nick Foles, probably.
1: Okay. Now, having said all that, um, if you really analyze it, and look at Nick Foles almost through the same lenses, the same number of games, um, sort of the same record, uh, right. same completion percentage, their numbers, and I realize that one guy is just starting his career and another guy has sort of been battered around as a starter backup, up and, and he's 29 years old. Um, but there's not any difference really between these two guys in terms of what they've accomplished so far. Uh, I understand, again, Wentz was – the better player and, and he's the franchise quarterback and all of that. But I'm just saying that, you know, for one game, if Foles, and I think that, you know, I really think that they have figured something out with the run pass option. I mean, he he's completing 93% of his passes when they, when they throw it out of that, that uh, system, uh, which is insane. But I really think they've figured out what they can do with him over these last four or five weeks. And Doug Peterson has done that. So Look, they can run the football. They run three guys at you all the time. They've got speed with you know on the outside with the receivers. Um, Nelson Aguilar is a good guy in the slot. They have weapons on offense. And defensively, they have a rotation of defensive linemen um, that now can play as many snaps as they want. It's the final game. Um, you're going to see Fletcher Cox play a lot. I just feel like they have the type of front four that can absolutely get after Brady and not have to bring extra pressure because when you do that, he's going to gut you. He's going to absolutely gut you. He wants you to blitz. He wants you to come after him, and and I don't think they'll have to. And they got some corners that can play. Um, I I do think they have a team um, that 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 can hang toe to toe, and I expect them to be in the game right until. The question is, you know. Can they keep the ball out of Brady's hands when it matters the most? Can they take control of this game and not give it back the way Atlanta did, not give it back um, the way other teams have done in the past? That's going to be the key.
0: It's funny that, and i have probably fallen victim to this myself, where we all sit there and say, "Don't give Bill Belichick two weeks to get ready for you, Bill Belichick." He get as if Doug Peterson's doing nothing but riding roller coasters inside the Mall yeah, of America right. this week. You know, like they, yeah, they're working too. You know, they they yeah. have film too that they look at the other team. And here's the other thing, Rick, and we've seen it in other Super Bowls. Like this team's not invincible in Super Bowls. They've they've struggled no. even the Super Bowls they've won. They've been – now, all credit, they won them, but at the same time uh, – I mean, Four Seattle of them had the last beat. play. Sure, yeah. Seattle had them beat. Uh, Atlanta had them beat, so it's not as yeah. if – and look, there was a while there last week at halftime of that game between the Patriots and the Jaguars.
1: Oh, I, would, I thought good. the
0: Jaguars were going to win that game. And you've said all along, Rick, that you thought the Patriots were vulnerable this year. I think you expected the Steelers to be in this I don't game.
1: think this is their best Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. team. I don't think they're as good as they were last year, and they got behind 28-3. to um, I don't think that this that this is a very dominant defense. You're going to get a lot of yards on them. You're going to be able to keep Brady off the field if you want to. Um, here's what you're not prepared for. You don't know what Belichick is going to do. You don't know if they're going to throw it 50. I think they're going to throw it 50 times because I don't see them lining up and running, running those guys downhill. Um, but you don't know – for a quarter, quarter and a half, sort of what their game plan is, and they will adjust. You know, one thing we know about Belichick is whatever whatever Nick Foles does the best or whatever their offense does the best, he is absolutely going to take away that player or that element. And so he's going to try to make the quarterback beat him. He's going to try to make him do it in a way that he isn't comfortable doing. And, you know, one of the things that is interesting about Foles and what they changed was they got away from all the motions. They got away from the formations. uh, They're more, they're more set so that he can look at the defense. Well, guess what? While he's trying to figure out what they're doing, I expect that defense to be moving all over the place. Um, They're not going to give him the same picture twice. So I really think this, this is a chess match between Doug Peterson and Bill Belichick. And I'm going to take Belichick because I just think that, he he creates so much stress worrying about what they're going to do
0: i agree with all that but however i will say this too, rick i don't get the sense and you're there in minneapolis so maybe you have a better feeling for it than i do but remember i remember years ago mike tyson fought michael i think it was mike Sp- michael spinks and they got right. in the ring and you could tell michael spinks was like a scared puppy before that fight yep. even started he was cowering in the corner and you knew that tyson was just going to destroy him and I never get the feeling here this week that the Eagles are afraid to lose. Like they're not intimidated. I think they believe they can win this game. Now, like maybe they're just talking a good game, and we won't know. A lot until of people you know, have like said, everybody, <laughs> everybody has a plan till you get hit." I think it was yeah, Tyson that said right. that. But yeah. at the same time, I I don't get the sense that that the uh, that they're intimidated by the Patriots. Well, like, they're like, using
1: uh, they're using this whole underdog thing as sort of a rallying cry, but in reality, I think. I think Peterson's trying to get them away from that and not making, you know, I don't think mentally you want to go in there thinking like, wow, they're so much better than us that we, you know, this would be like an incredible upset if we did, if we pulled this off. You know, I, I mean, I I think you need to understand I think, I know the Patriots will not take them lightly because I think they respect every opponent. It doesn't matter who the hell they play. Um, but I I hope that at some point if you're Doug Peterson in the Philadelphia Eagles you realize, hey, this, these guys aren't invincible. I mean, just you know, Teddy Bruski's is not going to be out there today. You know, right. Troy Brown right. is not going to be out there. Julian Edelman is not out there. You're playing. Uh, you know, this we're playing. Yeah, we're playing this team on one day, and all we have to, you know, we they could beat us ten out of or nine out of ten times. We only got to beat them this Sunday, and if we beat right. them this Sunday, we're world champions. And that's sort of the approach you have to take: is you know, score one more point than the other guys, boys, because you know we're in the game we can do this and and I think you're right I think I think the eagles are confident enough um and again you know now if you tell me after the atlanta game when they when they struggled and scored 15 points and and barely pulled that off and they had to play new england this week I think their confidence level would have been in a different place when you see what they did to minnesota yeah when you see how they just destroyed them with throws down to there's so much confidence in Nick Foles, who's just a great guy and seems to be embracing this and understanding you know what what this is about. But but none of these – I mean, I still think there's something to, to – there's something about experience in this game. The Bucks, I think – I want to say there's been a bunch of coaches, you know, 15 or, or so, um, you know, coaching the Super Bowl in their first two years, and like seven of them have won the game. So I think experience does matter. I think the 40 minutes that after you leave the field in warm-ups before they kick the ball off is a factor. Yeah. I think the 35-minute halftime when you're used to 17 is a factor. Um, all those things can add up, and it's sort of how you handle them. And I can't think of a team, if they're playing Jacksonville, if they're playing a, another team like Oakland when the Bucks played Oakland and hadn't been in the Super Bowl for a long time, yeah, it's, it's a wash. But you can't tell me there isn't an advantage for what the Patriots make this their game every other year.
0: And for as as often as they're there and for as good as they are, to go back to my my Mike Tyson analogy, remember the night that Tyson lost to Buster Douglas, I think he walked in the ring and said, I just have to show up and I'll beat anybody. The Patriots never give you that, and that's the problem that Philadelphia's going to run into. There's never a moment where Belichick lets them get right. overconfident or let's them not at stop this not paying attention to detail in September no, here, yes
1: right. in September they're not good in September they're not the same team by the time they get here they're 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 dialed in they are focused you know and like I said they're never perfect they never have been perfect but they just right. find a way to win and they're and I'll say this too don't go out there and turn the ball over don't go out no. there and make big mistakes against this team in this game. Because they will absolutely bury you with your mistakes. Um, you have to be the aggressors. It'll be interesting too. And talk to Peterson today about this. That you know he's an he was an aggressive play caller. That was a really you know he went after the Minnesota Vikings. He went after Xavier Rhodes. He went after their best players. Will he do that again? Can he keep the the you know the the foot on the accelerator, or will he be? A little more feeling it out because if you feel it out against these guys, it ain't gonna go good.
0: No, and I thought I thought that's what Jacksonville did while early in that game, particularly offensively. I mean, they took it to, they, they took marched their foot up off and down off the, the field, yeah, yeah, and then they got and then they got a little weird in the second half and, and sort of turtled at the end. of at the, the end, first end of half. the first
1: 55 yeah. seconds with one one or two timeouts, two
0: timeouts, yeah, and they sort of shut down yeah, and, instead, and up 14-10, and next thing you know, you're 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 in a dogfight. Here's the thing with – with uh, I think this is going to be a close game, Rick. I think we're going to be Absolutely. early fourth quarter. Early fourth quarter, yep. it's going to be within a score, and I think you're going to start looking at it and say, hey, if Philadelphia can score on this drive, they'll take the lead. But I yep. think it, New England will figure out a way, and I, it won't be a blowout. I don't know that it'll be close in the last two minutes, but I'm looking at somewhere like a 31-21 game. But like it, at, after three quarters, will be like twenty-one, twenty, something like like something like that. It'll be yeah. it'll be close through three, and I think New England gently pulls away in the fourth quarter.
1: I think this will be a much lower scoring game than some that we're used to. I think it'll be maybe closer to what we saw, you know, with the David Tyree, the seventeen, fourteen, or or there. But I think I think their Philadelphia's defense is, is enough to give them trouble, and they may struggle themselves on offense to sustain some drives if they don't get big plays. Or pass interferences. They they may not score a lot of points themselves. It seems to me like it's not going to be a high scoring game unless one team just turns it over. But um you could be right. I mean, it could be 30 to something. I just I, I don't I don't see either team really just running away on offense with with the other guys.
0: Well, buddy, this is it for now. <sighs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be coming back. I'll be doing more podcasts with what you.
1: What is your deal? I bet-
0: I may even fill in for you if you need a, if you need a special guest. Oh,
1: oh, when trust you're me, out. you're gonna have. Look, I can't do this 365. Now there no, is, no. there is you're gonna be a point where I'm gonna get the flu, or I'm gonna have to be away. I'm gonna need help, man. You're gonna have to help me.
0: I absolutely help me, help I'll me, help Absolutely, me. be no, no. I'll definitely be there, and we'll, and I'll be I'll be uh, guesting uh, as much as you want me on. Uh, there's also a big, like I said, next week, there's a special announcement coming up about Sports Day Tampa Bay, and Rick will give you the details coming up on next what week. What is but, that,
1: by the way? Because I I would like to know.
0: Well, you know. has to It's called with, a tease, Rick. Stay tuned. It's a tease, yeah. I don't I don't like, we want to say. Hmm. Special announcement. We hmm. want people to listen. Special announcement. Maybe people can come watch you do the podcast or something. Ah. There you go. I, so I, that'll I, be fun. Okay. That's coming up next week. You'll yeah. give them the details on that. So that's it for the Rick and Tom podcast. But don't uh, you forget do real, You in. do realize it was about six years ago this month that we started talking about the show. St- six it years Febu- ago. February 2012. Rick, of 2012. Rick and Tom radio, the radio show. show. The radio show. Well, putting you guys together. Uh, yeah. It's been six years ago what a we mistake. started the conversation. What a mistake this may that not was. Be, this may not be it forever. This may not be the last time we ever do something. You it's never know. Take... We might be
1: on radio again tomorrow. We could, Who knows?
0: or we could start a new podcast, and maybe in That's two weeks right. I'll just I'll, I'll change my mind. I'll come back It'll once be great. he
1: sees how rich we're going to get. Steve. I know. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> well, thanks <laughs> no. for listening, everybody. Thanks to Steve Versnick uh, for all his troubles putting up with us over these last twenty or so weeks. But uh, it, it's going to keep on going. So be sure to uh, tune in uh, first thing uh, Monday morning, or even before first thing, and you can get Rick's take from Minneapolis and Super Bowl Fifty Two.
1: Right after the game.
0: uh, Right after the game. He's going to record it right after the game. It'll be up not long after that. And like I said, I'll be back uh, before you know it. So thanks a lot for listening to Rick and Tom. And we'll talk to Rick on Monday.